0: Welcome to GOB with Christy and Kathy, where we talk about writing, reading, and life in between. I'm Christy
1: in South Florida. And I'm Kathy in South Dakota. We're two newbie writers who share our love of food, wine, and crime fiction. We have interviews with best-selling and award-winning authors on our Corks and Conversation episodes.
0: And don't forget our Words in Progress episodes where we have fun writing lessons with writing experts. Join us for today's episode.
1: Welcome to clerks and conversation with Maggie Smith. Yes, I am so excited to talk to her. Her book truth and other lies was such a page turner. And you know, it's, it's, Classified as women's fiction, but it definitely has this crime fiction edge to oh, yeah. it. So I'm, I'm curious about that. Yeah,
0: I'm really excited to talk to her about that. Just the two genres, we don't really do much, you know, women's fiction, which I'm not even sure what that title means. And ugh. so it'd be really exciting to talk to her about that. Before we get started, let me tell you about Maggie. I'm very excited about this. Um, Maggie Smith's writing centers on women, our favorite. and the challenges they face in dealing with what life throws their way. Maggie also, we have something in common. She also um, hosts a podcast. It's called Hear Us Roar Podcast, which I love the title of that. And that features interviews with debut authors, women's fiction authors, which is so cool. I can't wait to talk to her about that too. She also serves as a board member for the Chicago Writers Association, where she does uh, several things. She edits um, the Right City Magazine, she contributes to a monthly or quarterly, excuse me, I think it is, blog posts. She oversees an independent bookstore feature. Um, Maggie, I know, it's she's busy. Um, bag, Maggie is the graduate of Northwestern University's um, Medill School of Journalism, and now she lives in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. She's kind of a in-my-neighborhood kind of gal, which I love. Mm-hmm. We never have anybody else on here that has snow, I swear, so I'm very excited about that. <laughs> Um, So Truth and Other Lies, which again, I'm holding up if you're watching this on YouTube. I love the cover. Isn't it beautiful? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It is her debut novel and it is described as, I love this, the devil wears Prada meets all the president's men. (laughs) And it's coming out to rave reviews. I'm going to give you a a couple here to wet your whistle, and everyone's going to want to order this, I hope, after hearing this. This is from Kirkus Reviews. It's an an engaging and topical tale of politics and journalistic ethics with a feminist slant. Interesting. I know. Isn't that a great review? And -hmm. if that isn't enough one of our dear friends, Hank Philippi Ryan, um, oh, yeah. who you can always trust. You always listen to Hank. Right. Everybody should listen to Hank. Listen to <laughs> Hank. Um, Hank says, what a terrific book. It's twisty, timely and rivetingly thought-provoking
1: and she would know because she's also a journalist like the main character I know, so
0: i know so it's mm-hmm. a perfect person and, and she writes twisty really twisty books too so i thought that was a great um endorsement as well so maggie welcome it's so nice to have you with us today thank you very
2: much for having me on
1: we were just talking about your background if, you're, if you guys yes. get on YouTube, you have to look at this collage she has of um, Instagram posts put onto artwork, basically. Yeah,
2: yeah they're, okay. they're stretch canvases of, of different posts that I've done about books that I love. Some people that I've interviewed on my podcast, but other people that I just love their book. So that's so, nice. What a,
0: what a great support of other writers. We wow, did
1: look at, see, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. <laughs> You got books using themselves. my time. I just, <laughs> I just have piles of books every so like, often I like books. try to get them to look <laughs> <laughs> look the right way so somebody can see them. <laughs> anyway, well, you know, before we get started with everything, we like to talk about our wine because we're
2: all having some wine today
0: look so i got it right here i brought my i know i I think that and i've had
2: to buy this twice because of course i (laughs) could drank
0: it the first time and then we had to reschedule so you had to buy two
2: (laughs) i know i know so what we are drinking
1: today and they're holding up on um youtube is butter chardonnay because well maggie likes a chardonnay and we said let's find something and you know that looks really good and while you guys are sipping it i will give you the description that i found on their website because i just thought it was kind of fun to read it's wow butter chardonnay is rich bold and luscious made in the tradition of quality californian winemaking the grapes are we select our juicy, ripe and bursting with flavor. Let's hope so. We cold <laughs> ferment this easy to love bar- butter Chardonnay to a lush creaminess and age it in our unique blend of oak. Butter brims with stone fruit and baked lemon notes and has a lovely long vanilla finish. Simply put, it melts in your mouth. Like
2: butter. Like butter. I wonder if that's where they got the name. <laughs>
0: Yeah. let's take a sip and let's have a toast to you and your book birthday. Yeah, well, thank you. Cheers. Mm. Mm. It's,
2: it's a so long yum. time coming, I'll tell you. Wow. <laughs> really? as, as you all know, you know, it just takes forever to get your first one out the door.
0: Well, that wine tastes delicious. And I'm delighted to cheers to your long effort work. <laughs> coming.
2: Yeah, exactly. This is yeah. the hardest thing I've ever done. I've done really? so many things in my life but this is by far the hardest, writing a novel.
1: Yeah, and when you say the hardest, are you saying the um, writing part, or the editing part, or the publishing part, or? Yes, all,
2: (laughs) (laughs) all of that. (laughs) I think the writing part. The marketing part is hard, but it's kind of fun. Mm -hmm. and it uses different skills i think the writing part is the part i was talking about because it's really only you i mean the marketing you can get other people to help you a little bit Mm -hmm. Um, but the writing is you alone in the room butt in chair door closed writing uh, and then letting other people see it yeah that's the nerve-wracking how
0: long was the process for you
2: Probably all told about four years, uh, because I think also when you're writing your first book, or at least for me, I haven't always been a writer. I was right. a journalist, but that's really different. So I was also teaching myself to write. Mm-hmm. You know, what is dialogue? How long should chapters be? I, how long should the book be? How do I pick a point of view? I mean, you know, all those mm-hmm. kind of things that I feel like with the second and third book i'll have a background in that it's like learning a craft right uh, and i didn't know it so Mm -hmm. i was also doing that along the way Uh, i actually wrote this book in about three different permutations and i don't mean just minor characters i mean totally a different book Um, Mm -hmm. i thought i had only written it twice but then As I was going to sleep, you know, when those thoughts start coming to you, (laughs) Um, I thought, "Oh, but there was that book that started with that line," and I thought, "Oh my gosh, I wrote another whole book before (laughs) that one." I thought was the first one. (laughs) I'm not sure I wrote that whole book, but I do remember it had a different. Its first line was, "Do you want to know why we're not having sex?"
0: Oh, well, let's keep that. Everyone line,
2: loved that that first yeah. line. Yeah. they didn't love the rest of the book so much, but they loved that first <laughs> first
1: line. <laughs> well, it is interesting though, because we, you know, we have talked to a lot of different writers, and some of them, you know, have told us. Um, T. Jefferson Parker comes to mind because he wrote. His first novel, I think it was over how many years, Kathy? Five or seven times? Seven, I was thinking, but I'm not sure. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Seven as well, Um, years. He rewrote the entire book from beginning to end each year. So he had a new book each year until he got to the one. And because it is, it's a learning process as well, you know? And I mean, Kathy and I both are finding that as we're working through ours, you know, you learn so much. Yeah. Just like podcasting too, right? The first time we did it, Kathy, we were like, right. ah, and now we're like, no oh, problem a problem. <laughs> oh, now <Yeah>. <laughs> no, we can
2: drink on the job. Well, I we always had the, the three, I had the three roles, but they mm-hmm. had an entirely different plot. So I had a mother and I had a mentor and I had a daughter mm-hmm. or a young, you know, a millennial. Mm-hmm. So I had those three kind of roles, characters but they were in different plots altogether. The second one I'm much more, I can remember much more, and that Mm -hmm. was an adoption story. And I took a class from, I don't know if you know the name Donald Moss, but he's a Mm -hmm. well-known agent and, and book coach and uh, he read the first 50 pages and he said oh you're writing the secret baby story it seems like every woman <laughs> wants to write the secret oh. baby story and i thought that sounds very pejorative Jerk. it doesn't oh, sound <laughs> like you're interested in repping me does it? i no. know right <laughs> maybe i better find a woman that wants to represent should find me. something else <laughs> so,
1: but the characters
0: came to you we should probably tell everybody a little bit about the book and what it's about yeah the yeah characters- go ahead yeah. Yeah, let's do that. And then we'll and we'll get to it. Okay, so, so as you said, there's three women in this story. So Megan Barnes is kind of the center, I guess, woman, she's a young um, woman, she's a young reporter, and she has uh, so the the second woman is her mother, a conservative, political figure. And then she has this journalist that she really admires. And she gets to work for this kind of iconic, right, feminist journalist, And then there's a a scandal that comes, weaves its way in and threatens to doom her relationship and her her new job and all this. And this is all interwoven. And I loved, loved reading about female characters and these different relationships. And I was so curious, you know, we've got Megan and her mom and they have different political ideologies. They have, you know, the whole mother daughter thing, daughter moves back home. Then we have the, the daughter and the, um, mother aged, but you know, the kind of iconic mentor, mentor role. Mm -hmm. And I just loved that juxtaposition because, you know, when you're a young woman, you, I mean, I always looked up to older women, right? So they've got the difficulties of their mom and she's looking up to this person. And is that who she should be looking to? And I wanted to know why, why, especially now that you've said you've written these three women in, in different plots, why was that those relationships, why were those what you wanted to tackle?
2: Well, um, I tell the story that I I started writing by going to a class. I was really looking for a creative outlet. I was owning this company, and so I was in the business world. And um, I wanted a creative outlet, and, and my husband has been, for the, the entire time we've been married, he's been saying, don't sing. So. <laughs> please anything please don't stop singing <laughs> um, and and this is just when i'm humming i'm not even saying. <laughs> but anyway i thought well i i think i can write i mean i've written journalists, journalist right uh, mm-hmm. and i've written and i got a phd in psychology so i had to write term you know a whole dissertation and stuff mm-hmm. so i thought well I'll, I'll try writing. And uh, the first place I went, they said, "Okay, the prompt is I could never write a book about, fill in that blank." And I wrote mothers and daughters. Oh, because I haven't had any biological children of my own. I do have stepchildren, uh, but I wasn't a a biological mother. And my more importantly, my mother and I had a very contentious relationship from. About when I started talking, I think. I said no, and I just never stopped saying no to her. Um, <laughs> I was two, and then I just kept saying that. Um, so, and, and she was a uh, a typical housewife, homemaker. Uh, I, she did not learn to drive until I learned to drive oh wow so she was very much dependent on my father well we only had one car and he drove to work Um, so when i had more aspirations to be a career woman career woman i was modeling it myself i guess after him i wasn't modeling myself after my mother and so when i got into the world of academia i was very much looking for who was going to be my role model and I did have, uh, when I was in the PhD program, I did have supervisors who were 10, 15 years older than me, more like, you know, a mother would be, well, a little bit younger than a mother. but uh, Hopefully not anyway. that. Anyway, than mom, they but... had children and they, <laughs> yeah. you know. Um, so I think that that role was something that I was always looking for somebody to fill. And so when I began playing around with those three, and I can remember in that, writing workshop actually drawing three circles one mother one daughter one mentor and doing lines between them as you were talking i realized for the first time that the mother and the journalist in my book never meet and yet they do seem like they know each other there's so much interaction oh, yeah. It's all uh, through like megan, I, I'm, I'm sitting but here going, they never wait a meet. minute really yeah, they didn't meet I'm no. to think no. megan's okay. the crux yeah megan is the is yeah. the uh vortex around them wow. um that's interesting because i i would have guessed the same thing that they did meet. um so anyway i i was interested in that uh particularly with a mother who megan is not wanting to pattern herself after because as you mentioned kathy they have very different political um agendas or mm-hmm. beliefs belief system yeah. value system mm-hmm. um, I forgot what the question is. I was just rattling. No, on. I, no just, I think you answered it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I had asked why you wanted to write about a face Oh, yeah. <laughs> for women. And now, I mean, that's really astonishing. What do you not want to write about? And then that's what it came to you. Oh, oh.
1: well, and then uh, you look at, okay, so then we have the characters. Now you've also thrown in there a lot of polarizing topics. Right. And first I was thinking, well, were you nervous or was your editor about how readers would res- respond to these polarizing You know what's been things? interesting?
2: I, I guess I really never thought about it um, per se, like, well, let's don't talk about, I, I think the abortion, maybe that was mm-hmm. the tricky one. Um, but I thought, you know, let's be real. Let's let's. And and when I was starting to write it, it was a couple of years ago. So abortion has gotten to be more and more a topic that is dividing people than it was even back then. It's been interesting to me as I've read reviews, and I know you're not supposed to read reviews, but I <laughs> um, everybody does, they just say they don't. Uh, sorry, let's be honest, um, everybody reads <laughs> them. But, but even those people who say, oh, I don't like politics or I was, a fr- you know, abortion. I don't want to hear any more about politics or abortion or gun control or any of that stuff still come out in their reviews saying that I was very even-handed with it and that I presented all viewpoints, maybe not evenly, but at least I, I wrote the opposing views with respect. And yeah, I did I did feel that as well as a reader. yeah. yeah. Because if we never talk about them, this just becomes more and more polarizing. Right. And so that makes me wonder, too, because we
1: were like we were discussing in the opening um, the difference between women's fiction and crime fiction. I mean, there might is there maybe more leeway on what you can talk about in women's fiction than crime fiction, because they're just that genre is more narrow and it's like okay talk about the crime we don't want to talk about the feelings or something i don't i don't know
2: well i think in crime you're more likely to be showing the things you're more likely to be showing a rape or an after effects of abortion or even the abortion or attacks Mm -hmm. you know on uh, a female and i don't show any of that i mean mine is really off camera so it's just really referring to it i take it up to the point Uh, and and then we see a little bit of the aftermath. Uh, And in one case, um, it's a a very old secret. So I think crime is a little bit more in your face than women's fiction is. Uh, women's fiction yeah. traditionally has been very centered around the family. So it, its its definition from the Women's Fiction Writers Association, which I'm active in, is mm-hmm. that the, the main character goes on a, an emotional journey, an emotional arc, so they are different at the end. Well, that could apply to tons of literary yeah. fiction most anything with a character that isn't purely adventure and and then you get into well why isn't there men's fiction and uh, but women's <laughs> fiction a lot of times does have mother fa- father father uh, siblings sisters uh children cottages grandmother leaving you a a old family home that kind of it it tends to kind of center around the home and there have been a few of us in the association lately in the last few years that have begun writing things that really mine really centers i think around the workplace uh Mm -hmm. it's really much more about Mm -hmm. what these people are doing to earn a living uh Mm -hmm. even the mother is is running for office and Uh, We see them in their, uh, there's another character that's a secondary character, Becca, but she's Megan's best friend. And that relationship is really why Megan comes home, not to be with her mother, but to be with her best friend. And she's a nurse. So we see her in her milieu. And we see certainly Megan in a new job that she takes in PR when she can't get a job in journalism because of her mother's run for office. So it's very much... Centered around not only women, but what they're doing for a job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I guess I
1: guess now it does seem a little bit more clear when you put it that way. We do know that there's a lot more women writing crime fiction. And, you know, we interview a lot, mostly women, it seems like, and there is a little bit of that overlap that's become more in crime fiction, where we do talk about women's problem, you know, or the problems of the family or that kind of thing, in addition to the crime, but the crime is the biggest thing. Right. Versus you've got some crime in there, but, you know, it's like the dilemma about the crime that you're dwelling on more than the solution or something
2: well and probably i i think the thing that that sits between them is what's called domestic suspense Mm -hmm. so the crime Uh hasn't happened yet it's not a detective necessarily the second book i'm writing is about a woman that's being stalked so it has some women's fiction characteristics because again she has a daughter and a teenage daughter this time but also that is oftentimes the domestic suspense uh, genre is dealing with what women are going through rather than it being a a a case that they're working on Mm -hmm. or a murder that's already happened it may be something that they're afraid is going to happen and then wanting to protect members of their family or something like that so
0: i'm curious what you said about so if 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 a man wrote a similar novel about his father and a mentor he had. What would that be? What genre would that be? Well,
2: there? lots of people have done that. <laughs> yeah. Ernest Hemingway on up.
0: <laughs> right. And so those are just fiction. I mean, I think that's such a.
2: Well, and there are women's fiction or, or books that you would consider women's fiction because they are the kind of thing we're talking about. And maybe because they're written by a woman. Anne Patchett, Celeste yeah. Ning hmm
0: Right?
2: Uh, Jennifer, we- Jennifer Weiner. I, yeah, Weiner.
0: I, I always, I, I follow Jennifer Weiner's, um, her writing that she does. Like essays like, um, and stuff, um, yeah. Like in the New York Times. Yes. And I, she really talks about this stuff a lot. And I'm fascinated by the conversation because I think it's just a really, it's just a really interesting conversation. How Maybe it's it, just mm-hmm. a
2: way that women can can carve out a little genre for themselves yeah. and say, hey, we, we need some yeah, time too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And- right. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Well, I was going to say on the um, a podcast that I do, I, it's under the auspices of the Women's Fiction Writers
1: Association.
2: Mm-hmm. I've had 130 guests. One has been a man. Hmm. He wrote a woman's fiction, what we considered a woman's fiction novel. Hmm. And in fact, he won uh, our award, uh, you know, one of our awards that's for the best of women's fiction. Wow. So, but it was about a woman. Mm -hmm. It had, uh, the central character was Mm -hmm. a woman, which I think makes it kind of easier to say, oh, well, that's women's fiction. See, the central character is a woman. And we went through a whole thing uh, in the association a couple of years ago where we had discussed, well, could it be a man going through? And if it's an emotional journey, a man can have an emotional journey Mm -hmm. too. So it's it's all very fluid. Yeah. Yeah.
0: As it should be. It's what's better yep. than rigid lines, yep. right? For yeah. sure.
2: Read what you want. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the genre is only there to help people decide that, well, right. oh, that might be yeah. for me or that might not be for me.
0: Yeah. Okay. Before we get to the our midway question in the bottle, I want to talk about the cover. <laughs> okay. I love this cover.
2: Did you see my Instagram post you- about the evolution of the cover? No. No, oh, you should go back and look at that. I did a post probably maybe a week or two ago that was a, a carousel it had, you know, 10 pictures in it and it was oh. the beginning of uh just the brainstorming about different cover ideas that we had and yeah. then just as it progressed uh more and more cuz it it wasn't anything like this. We had all kinds of ideas at the beginning and then we kind of somewhere along the line we were doing women's faces three women's faces and i thought "Mm, this is seeming the old term on the nose (laughs) Mm -hmm. this is a little on the nose for me uh could we come up with something that would be would would kind of connotate women's issues and then we came up with the idea that if we had three different scarves, well we came up with scarves and then we came up with three different colors of scarves that would be blended together Mm -hmm. like the three characters. Mm -hmm. And then we came up with the tagline, three women, two secrets, one lie, which kind of goes with the Mm cover. And then from there we just played around with the the colors. Well that sounds like a fun process. That does
1: sound fun. Yeah what a cool well, there's one there's it. one
2: fun part about it well and, and I, i'm with a small publisher and i oftentimes tell people well if i was with harper and roe there's no way i could have done that they would have said here's your yeah. cover hope you like it if you right. don't so sorry um yeah. so Hi. i i came out of an art background and i also uh have kind of a thing on instagram where i post about covers i do cover comparisons and kind of say cover trends and so i thought well i have to have a really good cover then because i'm kind of yeah absolutely (laughs) amateur expert um so i was able to work with my uh the cover designer at my publisher who i you know she was very, very patient with me, and we went through about two or three weeks of every day back and forth. How about this? How about this? How about this? How about this? <laughs> so wow. we were both very that's open that's so and cool. and 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 we came up with something that's that's great. so all right, mm. let's
0: take a little sip of our oh a sip of wine yay and yay. Christy is gonna pull out her carafe of questions
2: These wow. the kind of
0: just random questions. I don't think I
2: saw this on your other things. oh, oh. yeah, we oh,
0: lot. Oh, yeah. It's fun. It's always
1: fun. Okay. So today's question is, (laughs) what is your bucket list travel destination?
2: Well, can I say a country instead of a city? I I always say France.
1: Yes, you can say whatever you want because we're totally... (laughs) I always say France
2: because I think it has so many different places I would like to go. I would like to go, of course, to Paris, but I would also like to Mm -hmm. go to the vineyards and it also mm-hmm. has uh like Marseille and places that are and and then you know amalfi coast and places like that which are um you know more coastal and and cool like that mm-hmm.
1: Cote yeah.
2: and and then the provence <laughs> with the perfumes and and i'd even like to go historic to the historical sites like going to the the beach at normandy where we landed and th- Mm-hmm. That. So, so I think that country would be an interesting place to just stay for a month and go to all those different regions. That is doable. That's a doable mm-hmm. one. I mean, now I lately since the pandemic, or maybe a little bit before then, I've just I've uh, developed kind of a little fear of flying. I think Ooh. all these books that are coming out where people are crashing and <laughs> so
1: I'm gonna have to do one of those over the ocean cruises. Oh maybe or yeah, <laughs>
2: maybe that would work.
1: Unless you're afraid of that No, too. I've done cruises. then so you're gonna be out in the open ocean and no, that's you know, okay. no land in sight. <laughs> <That's okay. laughs> I'm trying to freak her out, right? I, what about I, you, I, Kathy?
0: <laughs> oh, for my um
1: Like bucket list, where are you would you bucket go Bucket list. Um I have too many and I think,
0: yeah, I, say, I have a lot, but you know, bucket list would be like the Maldives, you know, like somewhere with that that is too long of a flight, frankly, for me, like, I agree with you, Maggie, but I, I don't love flying. Um, and lately it does look a little scary. People seem a little bit unhinged. Um, but somewhere with sand, I think will be really cool. And, and <laughs> I'm gonna say, add this caveat, I'd like to be able to go for like a long period of time. Do you know what I mean? Like right. a long enough vacation where you're not like, okay, been two days. I have four days left. Yeah, you know, you, kind you of just right. get into clock.
2: the to the whole rhythm of mm-hmm. it, and then it's almost time to be going.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It takes some time, I think, to just truly. Well, I wouldn't know because it's been a long time since I've traveled. <laughs> right, <laughs> since before Ooh. the pandemic. But yeah. But I mean, it's, it and truly took like a, a beach vacation or something. But it it um, we are traveling this summer, so I'm hoping. But it does take some time to just. Unwind. Right. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I and my mine is like Australia. That's so that's such a long flight. flight. And it's yeah. a huge country. So I think I'd have to stay there a long yeah. time.
0: I just you know? watched an interview with um uh, Karen Slaughter. Any listeners
1: from Australia who want to host me? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I I just watched an interview that Karen Slaughter did, kind of in, in anticipation of her new Netflix series. Oh yeah, pieces um, of her
2: or something. Yes, which mm-hmm. if you
0: haven't started watching, it's really good. Is it? It's really good. But um, she was talking to, and I, I'm mortified that I can't recall this author's name, and I will, I will correct myself after we're done. Um, she's a hoot. She's an Irish author, but they, she and her husband had moved to Australia a handful of years ago, and so she lives in Australia. And she was talking, and she lives on the on, on on the west side, which I think is Perth. There's a big city there, I think
2: might be i don't know yeah i don't know she was
0: talking about how fabulous it is just how much she loves australia and i thought of you christy because i thought oh that's why christy wants to i mean it just sounded so awesome
2: yep anyway i'm sure you've read jane harper and her books on australia you haven't i have not the dry the lost man Okay, I'm okay. Down. you need Jane was Harper Jane? is like is one Jane of the best Harper? known Australian writers out there. She did The Dry oh, wow. was her de- debut a few years ago, and uh, that's actually made, been made into a movie. I think it's on Amazon, and then The Lost Man, and then I think she's had a couple of others.
1: Those are good titles, too.
2: Yeah. But she does very much evoke the setting of Australia. Okay. I'm definitely, I'll put that on. (laughs) Maybe that'll
1: be one of my GOB recs, Kathy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Christy has definitely got the bug. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So I really want to segue and I want to talk about your podcast. I'm so curious what you've learned from all these debut authors. You know, we talk to a lot of authors too, but they're everything from debut, um, independently published, traditionally published, bestsellers right and um so i'm so curious what you've learned from well mine are the the same way
2: not all of them uh are some are indie published some are hybrid published small presses Mm -hmm. and i've had quite a few people that have been with big five big four however many there are now Mm -hmm. but
0: they're all debut but they're all debut
2: and they all uh they're members of women's fiction writers association it's their debut novel and their debut novel is women's fiction um, okay. Because, for example, Julie Clark—maybe you know her. She did the last flight; it was a big uh, seller last yeah. year. Her first mm-hmm. book was women's fiction; it was called *The Ones We Choose*, I think. And she was on the program. But now, *The Last Flight* is very much going into more of the domestic suspense and the suspense thriller kind of. Um, and and her latest one, *The Lies We Tell* or something like that, is also in that. Genre. Oh yeah, yeah. So um, mm-hmm. they they sometimes switch. Genres, and we have had people that were in the romance genre that switched to women's fiction, and we had them on the program, even though that wasn't their first novel, it was their first women's fiction. But anyway, to say I've had 130 people on, I do it once a week, and every Monday when I do it, I come down and I say to my husband, That is the most interesting person I have ever, and he says, You do realize. You say that every week. Every week. And I, yes, but she really was <laughs> like, two, it's two true.
1: We feel the same way, don't we, Kathy? Not, every not time.
2: too long ago, I interviewed somebody who was a roadie with Nora Jones. That was. Oh, oh, cool. So she was a lighting, a lighting specialist, a lighting technician for Nora Jones, and she rode around on the bus and whatever. Uh, I interviewed right. somebody who lived in Iraq, and found out that her best friend was a spy for the government, and she was spying on her. Oh, oh! oh. So I mean, oh. these are interesting people.
1: I <laughs> like, know, oh. I know. I feel like All right, so uninteresting. You got to
2: tell us the bombshell
1: about. Uh, no, you're not uninteresting. There's got to be something. <laughs> While you are a journalist, or <laughs>
2: so what? Have you seen some
0: consistent, like lessons that you've pulled away?
2: um i think they are all surprised at how much work they have to do to market i think Mm -hmm. they go for the most part maybe we all do this i think from listening to them i was prepared that that wasn't going to be the case (laughs) and and maybe we're all starting to share this information a little bit more so nobody's quite as surprised but a lot of them were surprised that they couldn't just write the book find an agent and then go write the other book
1: I know. It was a shocker just to learn that. And not even to live it. you, know you I mean? <laughs> probably will have to put some
2: of your own money into it. Now, I think oh, the yeah? indie, pub- of course, the indie publishing people knew that. Uh, but the small press and the hybrid press maybe knew that. Even the big four. Well, what do you mean when you say
1: um, you have to put your own money into it?
2: Uh, well, in the case of hybrid press, they are paying for the print mm-hmm. run. They, almost everybody is hiring a publicist of some kind aside from what their publisher may with a small press in my case for example the small press had no marketing department so it was on me or for me to hire somebody to help me Uh, in the case Mm -hmm. of the the big four they will have a marketing plan but unless you're one of their top 10 titles this year it's not going to be a whole lot and a lot of debut Mm -hmm. authors they're really invested in having their first book be a success. So they oftentimes will hire an outside publicist as well. Mm -hmm. So it's mostly in the
1: marketing aspect or like even if you're even if say you are you know with a somebody that has some marketing some publisher that has some marketing you probably still I mean, if you really want to go for it, and you go, you have to travel. I mean, not during pandemic, right. but before they would travel. And I mean, I guess you probably have to pay your own way at a lot of places and stuff.
2: And sometimes you're. So paying, it's a good thing if you like to travel. Well, sometimes you're paying for <laughs> arcs. You know those two mm-hmm. books oh, that really? you held up. I'm imagining you got them. You know, you had to have gotten yes. them because it wasn't published when you got them. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. You know, I paid for those. Oh, well, thank you. I got t- I got ten <laughs> from my publisher. Oh, wow. I think I paid for hundred and fifty. 10 and fifty right. ten
0: isn't even close to what you need. Yeah, no, because you've got to get bloggers no. and you've got to get podcasters and media coverage and mm-hmm.
2: and you've got to mm-hmm. enter contests. I have one contest I entered where I had to come up with 16 books oh. to give to people. Wow. OK, who's going to p- pay for right. that? That's going to be the right. author usually. Yeah. Um and then it's not just paying for the book. You pay five dollars to ship it. Yeah. yeah. And the time so,
0: that it takes to do all that too is time that you can't put towards yes. other things. You know, but yes. I you know, I think about authors that we've had on who um are with the big big four or big five, however you want to look at it, and they are they are doing an awful lot of marketing on their own in addition to what their pub, you know, to what their publishing house is providing. So and I think that's, I mean, you, it's your career. Yes, they're fronting right. the cost of those books in that case, but you have to, it's your job. You're the only one that's going to care as much as you do about getting your book in front of readers, right? Mm-hmm. And so, right. And the other tricky right. thing I think about this is that Christine and I are actually teaching a, a, a class on on how to use podcasts as part of your, of your marketing um, at mm-hmm. a conference this summer. And I really feel passionate about this because, you know, you don't know what is going to be the, the trigger point for someone to actually order that book, right? Or how many times they need to hear about your book. You know, most people aren't going to hear about a book one time and then order it, right? Now they say that sometimes you have to be um, exposed to something seven to 10 times before you, that, that's, a, that's a, um, enough of an impulse for you to go, oh, I'm, I'm going to do it. Well, mm-hmm. that's a lot. I mean, think of how many times it would take for you to get your book mentioned in somebody's mindset seven times i just can't Mm -hmm. imagine right so Mm
2: -hmm. well when i started i i did hire an outside publicist and um but i you know was an equal partner again in that and one of the things i said you, you know you can go a million different ways in marketing there's always something else you could have done i said podcast is one of the things I want to do because one, I am a podcaster. Right. So I thought that would give me an int- interest yeah. mm-hmm. in being, I understand how that works. Um, I I think podcasts are cool and there's a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm on a lot of podcasts as a result of having that be one of three prongs that I used that I concentrated on. Mm-hmm. Uh, another one was Books to Grammars, and that was the ARCs. And then Goodreads Giveaways, I, I had a concentration on that. But there's all kinds of different ways you can go. Mm-hmm. And you have
0: to make that choice, right? You have to somehow whittle down. You can't just willy-nilly be doing, you know, <laughs> whatever comes your way.
2: Mm, I think right.
0: I think you know, the fact Maggie that you have a business background has got to help you with the marketing aspect of it.
2: Probably, probably. Yeah, I I I I'm not looking at the ROI because I know it's ugly. <laughs> See, I, I know I'm spending way more than. And I'm I don't make even in know royalties. what
1: ROI means. Though I've got an uphill climb. <laughs> return,
2: return on investment. Oh, okay, right. I, I, on have, I, I can figure that
1: out then. <laughs> <laughs>
2: so here's what I've spent. Here's what I'm going to make in royalties. I know these are not the same number, yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> but like you said, uh, Kathy, it's it's a career that you're right. also building. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know because
0: you know, your brick birthday is fabulous. I'm so excited for you. It's such a special thing, but then it, this is a long game plan, right? This is like an investment. Like you have to work for the long, long haul. And, um, one of the, one of the best people I think at at marketing, um, and not even intentional marketing is, um, as Hank Philby Ryan, because she's out Mm -hmm. there all the time and I very much like you, she's I
2: have a secret. I I, I think that Hank is, is cloned. <laughs> there has to because be. I don't think she no, could do all these things. things. I don't know how. I, I don't know. know
0: how she does. And then when what the cool thing about Hank is when she shows up, you feel like you're the only person in the world. Mm-hmm. She is I know. It's I amazing. know, you're right. But you know what, but what Hank has done is that she's consistently turns out fabulous books, right? Like all the time. And then she's constantly out there, right? She's constantly supporting other writers. She's constantly first chapter
2: fun. Yes. She's doing all these. Yes. And but exactly. But
0: her name is out there and out there and out there. And so when people do finally discover her, she now has this huge back list that she can mm-hmm. have that readers and be like, right. This is awesome. She has, you know, 13 books out I can read. So right. I, I just think she's a real role model for that because
2: well it, today. I submitted, she gave me a chance to write a column for career authors, which is one of the the things that she's, (laughs) and I turned it in to my publicist who sent it to her. And within two hours, Hank had responded with her comments on it. I was like, this lady has to be a
0: clone. Yeah, Yeah. She's not real.
2: Well, but like you said, when I went and asked her for a um, endorsement, I did it not because I'm writing, you know, thrillers because I'm not, but because she was a newspaper person. Mm -hmm. I wanted a newspaper woman to, to see, to say whether I got it right. Mm -hmm. And I knew she was, you know, a big name author, but that when I approached her, I said, this is why I'm going to you and not Because of the journalism aspect. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that's awesome. Exactly.
1: Wow. Well, fun. I love it. So, Kathy. Yes, Christy. Before we go, we need to ask the final question. The final question. Yes. This is
0: going to be a good one because we have one book out. So I know it's going to be from this cast of characters.
1: You think. Remember one time somebody did it on the book they were writing. I was like, all right, right." right, but okay, which of your characters would you like to share a meal with and what would it be?
2: Oh, (laughs) I would like to share a meal with Helen, who is the mother, Mm -hmm. because she kind of became my favorite character, not in terms of her beliefs, but in terms of how I think she changed through the novel. And because I think she was the hardest character to write.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: And Because she seems to be going on her own journey Mm -hmm. um, at the end of the book, to the point where I have even thought perhaps I might write a sequel that is her. Oh, that would be cool. So, well, that's she would be. Oh, and where would I I go? Well, I would go to Chicago, Uh (laughs) obviously. i'm in milwaukee but that's only 90 minutes from chicago so i can i can take the train (laughs) Um, (laughs) and um, maybe it would be fun to go to that uh, i'm I'm blanking on the name i think it's starts with a b that i have in the. it's a real restaurant in chicago Mm -hmm. that i've been to uh, brasilios or something like that um that is is in the book because that would be kind of and chicago does have a lot of good restaurants (laughs) that's i'd be there with a fictional character in a real restaurant <laughs> that I wrote about. Yeah, that sounds like meta sounds to me. Yeah, yeah, that is, that is meta.
0: <laughs> All right, Maggie, <laughs> um, our listeners are going to have more questions um, and they want to get more information about you. Where do they go?
2: Well, my website is maggiesmithrider.com. And the place I mainly hang around with on social media is Instagram. And there I am, Maggie Smith Writes, W-R-I-T-E-S. Excellent. Great. So one of those two places. Awesome. Perfect, perfect. It, well, we're
1: just so thankful that you oh, were wow. able to do this with us. And- um,
2: I thank you for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. Great fun. Yeah, oh,
1: and we, we, we still have one more cheers to do. Cheers. Oh, <laughs> happy, happy
2: birthday. Happy <laughs> birthday,
1: cheers.
2: Thank you.
0: Thanks for joining us for
1: today's episode, subscribe to our podcast on our website, game of books, podcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you liked what you heard, you can give us a five star rating or review.
0: You can also subscribe on YouTube where you can watch and
1: listen on game of books, podcast.com. You can find all the information about what we talked about on this episode, and you can sign up for our newsletter and enter our fun contests and giveaways we
0: also post our stories and links on instagram facebook and twitter hope to see you there i can guarantee you that we had fun today and we hope you did too
1: cheers